Hi, my name is Elise, and you're listening to Chatterbox Island English Podcast. Welcome back to Chatterbox Island English Podcast. I'm your host Elise. If you're new to this podcast, hello and welcome. This is an all English podcast, but we don't talk about grammar rules or vocabulary like other English learning podcasts. Instead, we just talk about some easy and everyday topics. And I usually put all the keywords of each episode down in the description, so feel free to check them out if you want to. I hope you'll find this show interesting, and be sure to subscribe if you enjoy the content. So in the last episode, we talked about self-help books, which has become one of the most popular genres of books over the past decade. And why they are probably not as helpful as you think they are, which inspired me to do something a bit different on this podcast. So I also talked about wanting to read more books in that episode. And I thought, why not share and review some of the books that I have read on this podcast? Here's the thing: I did some research and listened to other podcasts that talk about books, and I found out that most of them talk about nonfiction books. But I have been a big fan of fiction and literature and just stories in general ever since I was little. I always think that telling a story with a message behind is much more powerful than just telling the message itself. And what's more interesting, at least to me, is that everyone can get different messages or inspirations from the same story. So I'm not exactly sure how I'm going to do these book reviews or if anyone wants to listen to them. But I just want to try and start this series and see how it goes. I think I'll do one book review or book sharing every month. So if you are not interested in this series, don't worry. I'll still be doing the usual content. I'm just going to sprinkle a little bit of experiment on this podcast. Also, a quick note before we start. Um, one of the subscribers, Isla, actually left a comment on Apple Podcasts saying that she enjoys the show, and I really do appreciate it. And she is asking if I could show the transcript of each episode. I actually have been getting similar requests over the past year that I've been doing this podcast. But the thing is. I don't have the transcript as well. Like when I write the script for each episode, I don't type down a word-for-word transcript and just read them out loud. I usually just use bullet points to make a list of things that I want to talk about. And I think this is also one of the reasons why I want to start an all-English podcast. Is that I hope people can realize that they can actually understand an all English podcast without reading a word-for-word transcript. Because I think most of us have a really good or even excellent reading ability, 
and I don't want people to just、um, read the transcript and then not actually listening to the podcast. So I hope that this answer doesn't disappoint anyone. But I am a one-person show. I write my own script. I、um, record. I host, and I edit all the files by myself. And I really don't think having a transcript will help, if that makes sense. <laughs> But、um, if you have any feedback or any thoughts about this podcast, please. Feel free to leave them down in Apple Podcast Review section or、um, YouTube comment section. But this is my response to all the requests of、um, transcript for each episode. Okay, now that I have rambled more than enough, we are just going to start the series with probably one of my favorite genres of books, which is dystopia. Dystopia is the opposite of utopia. Utopang in Mandarin Chinese, which usually describes a non-existent society that is better than contemporary society. But a dystopia, however, often describes a dehumanized world dominated by tyrannical governments or a world with environmental disasters. And one of the recent popular dystopian series is probably The Hunger Games, which was later adapted into a movie franchise. I don't know if any of you guys are a fan of Hunger Games. If you are, you will probably like this book that I'm going to talk about, which is 1984 by George Orwell. Now I'm sure many of you guys have already heard or read this novel. Another famous work of his is Animal Farm, which I also highly recommend. So the story takes place in an imagined future, 1984. Oh, by the way, this novel was published in 1949. So at that time, 1984 was the future. So. In this imagined future, the world is divided into three superstates. One is called Oceania, which includes the whole southern and northern America, Ireland, Britain, Australia, and South Africa. Another one is called Eurasia, which includes continental Europe and Russia. And finally, the other is called East Asia, which includes China, Japan, Korea, and Southeast Asia. So the three superstates are constantly at war and are all controlled by totalitarian governments. Now the story focuses on Oceania and more specifically London, where our protagonist Winston Smith lives. The government is controlled by the party with the capital P, and with Big Brother being the leader. But we never actually get to see who Big Brother is in the whole novel. He is kind of a heroic leader and the symbol of the party. And there are four ministries in the party. The first one is Ministry of Peace, which supports the war against two other superstates. The second one is Ministry of Plenty, which rations and controls the distribution of food, goods, and other domestic production. And then there's Ministry of Truth, 
which controls news, entertainment, arts, education, and any other information-related industry. And finally, there's Ministry of Love, which monitors, identifies, arrests, tortures, and converts anyone who shares different opinions. And there are three levels of people in Oceania. The first one is inner party members, who are the core members of the party and make up about only two percent of the whole population. The second one is outer party members, who are usually the middle working class in different ministries and are the major target of the party's propaganda. And the rest are proles, who make up. The majority of the population, but usually live in poverty, and they accept everything that the party says. Our protagonist Winston is an outer party member working at the record department in the Ministry of Truth, and his job is to change any record and information about the current news or the past history to fit the narrative of the party. So he will receive messages from the party, rewrite articles about them, and destroy the proof of any information that's not relevant or true according to the party. Once he is done, he will throw the old messages or records into something called the memory hole, which basically burns and destroys everything. He has a coworker named Sign. Who also work in the Ministry of Truth, but his job is to work on the new version of the Newspeak Dictionary, which is the official language of Oceania. So the purpose of Newspeak is to reduce the vocabulary in the language in order to control and reduce the capacity of human thoughts. For example, the word warm or hot is replaced with on cold. The word great is replaced with plus good. The word excellent is replaced with double plus good. So that sounds much easier than modern English, right? But by reducing the vocabulary, the party can further control people's thoughts because the lack of vocabulary limits the capacity of human minds. So the whole idea is, if there is no word such as freedom, democracy, or individual, then people won't have the concept of freedom, democracy, and individual. And I think we actually talked about this in the previous episode, where we discuss how different languages change how we think or our personalities. So anyway, back to the story. Winston Smith, like every other outer party member, lives in an apartment where there is a telescreen that monitors his every move. And one day, Winston decides to buy a little notebook from an antique store, and he starts to write down his own thoughts and feelings. And that's when he also starts to have doubts about the party and dreams of freedom and rebellion, which makes him a thought criminal, according to the party. One day, Winston receives a message from an unknown coworker named Julia, and in the message, she says that she loves him. 
they begin having an affair, which is strictly forbidden by the party as well, because sex is only for reproduction, according to the party. And both Winston and Julia hate the party and wish to join an underground rebellion group called the Brotherhood. Then they are approached by an inner party member named O'Brien, who claims to be a member of the Brotherhood. He then sends a copy of the book that explains the propaganda and philosophy of the party to Winston, which are ignorance is strength, freedom is slavery, and war is peace. So the book basically explains thoroughly how the party maintains its power by reducing the thought capacity of its people to better control them, capturing people who seek rebellion and freedom, being constantly at war with the other two superstates to bring up loyalty and patriotism in its people, and how it deceives and manipulates its people to maintain its absolute power. Later, Winston is captured by the Ministry of Love for being a thought criminal, and is tortured and re-educated by the party. During the time that he's imprisoned, he is forced to practice the concept of doublethink, which is what the inner party uses to protect its absolute power. So I guess to summarize, the concept of doublethink is that it is a way to self-deceive, to tell lies, but at the same time to believe that it is the truth. So I'm going to read a paragraph in the book in which George Orwell actually explains how doublethink works. So in the book, he writes, "To know and not to know." To be conscious of complete truthfulness while telling carefully constructed lies, to hold simultaneously two opinions which cancelled out, knowing them to be contradictory and believing in both of them, to use logic against logic, to repudiate morality while laying claim to it, to believe that democracy was impossible. And that the party was the guardian of democracy. To forget whatever it was necessary to forget, then to draw it back into memory again at the moment when it was needed, and then promptly to forget it again, and above all, to apply the same process to the process itself. That was the ultimate subtlety: consciously to induce unconsciousness, and then once again. To become unconscious of the act of hypnosis you had just performed, even to understand the word doublethink involved the use of doublethink. So some obvious examples of doublethink in the book include the party's slogan: "War is peace, freedom is slavery, and ignorance is strength." Also, remember in the book there are four ministries, right? The Ministry of Truth is concerned with lies. The Ministry of Peace is concerned with war. The Ministry of Plenty is concerned with starvation, and the Ministry of Love is concerned with torture. So basically, it takes two contradictory words in the same sentence to express its concept. 
at the same time, you have to believe the two words have the contradictory meanings, and then they have the same meanings as well. That's basically what the party wants its people to practice and to believe. And during Winston's re-education and interrogation, someone actually explains why the party needs to use doublethink to control its people. He says, if one is to rule and to continue ruling, one must be able to dislocate the sense of reality. For the secret of rulership is to combine a belief in one's own infallibility. With the power to learn from past mistakes, so this is how the party works, right? This is how they keep on adjusting its past to match its current status. They keep on insisting that they are right, while at the same time knowing that they are doing something wrong, and then keep going back to correct the mistakes that it has made. Which you know, it's kind of contradictory. Another thing during the interrogation of Winston, our poor protagonist, he is forced to practice doublethink. By believing two plus two equals five is a fact. Now imagine if someone is interrogating you and they ask you this question, and you know that the person wants you to answer five, even though you know four is the correct answer and is the fact. You will still answer five because you don't want them to keep torturing you, to keep interrogating you, right? But that is not the case in the book because every time Winston answers five without actually believing it, he gets tortured even more. <laughs> so that means he has to force himself to really believe or to really practice the concept of double think. I'll leave out the ending for you to find out whether Winston makes it out alive or he dies in the prison. I highly recommend this book to everyone, and I would suggest you to read the English version because I think many words in Newspeak will make sense instantly if you read the original version. Like excellent is replaced with double plus good. You will instantly realize how they simplify the language. Also, one of my favorite quotes from the book is, "Those who control the present control the past, and those who control the past control the future." Like this is how the totalitarian governments work in the real world. It wipes out all the past events that challenge its authority, and by altering the history, it can shift the narrative to fit its favor, even when it means to contradict itself. I think what's so fascinating about this book to me is that how accurate and realistic it depicts dictatorship and totalitarianism, which is also kind of scary and depressing in a way because you think something like this will only happen in a fictional book, but it's really just the reality. It's how the real world works. Anyway, that's all for today's Chatterbox Island English podcast book review. 
Um, let me know what you think about this episode or this series. Please feel free to leave a comment in the Apple Podcast review section or YouTube comment section, and I would really love to know because I'm doing this for the first time, as you can see. But if you enjoy this episode, you can subscribe to our show on Anchor, Spotify, Apple, Google Podcasts, KKBox, and SoundOn. You can also find our shows on YouTube and go on our website. That's www.eisland.com.tw for more information. Oh, and also, I will leave the quotes and the paragraph that I have read in this episode in the description as well, so you can go. Check them out if you want to. I'm your host Elise, and I will talk to you soon in the next episode. Bye.